On this week's episode, we take a free and slow ride into Dazed and Confused. Is this the infinity war of coming-of-age movies? Should this movie been titled Hazed and Confused? And is Adam Goldberg our collective spirit animal? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. everybody welcome to the second episode of our second season of 24 flames per second uh, as always i'm your host robert spiewak bohorkas and welcome to the podcast that roasts the films we love the most and uh as you may have guessed from my less than average matthew mcconaughey uh impression at the top there um i finally got to do the three all rights um that was uh since the beginning of the show has been how I opened it. But um, this week we are talking about Dazed and Confused, uh, the 1993 uh, coming of age, end of high school, school year um, movie by uh, Richard Linklater. And uh, the reason we're doing it is to kind of is to celebrate the much hyped um, uh, movie Eighth Grade that comes out this week, uh, directed by Bo Burnham. Um, and so, yeah, we're just, we're just feeling coming of agey, and, uh, this was, uh, among one of the films that floated to the, the top of the, uh, the top of the pot. I don't know what, how, what's, I don't know the impression I was trying, or the, uh, euphemism I was trying to come up with. Um, the cream that floated to the top, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we asked everybody what coming of age movies they wanted to talk about, and this was the one that, the one that ever, that we ended up choosing. Um, um, but yeah, um, to, to belabor the point anymore, um, let's, uh, go start getting everybody in here and, uh, across the table for me, the Mitch to my Pink Floyd, Kevin Connor. Hey, Robert. Hey, Hey, everyone. Going? Yeah. It's going well. And before you ask, Robert, mm. I have not seen the movie this week. This is a, um, this is a trend that I'm, don't know if I'm happy about yet, well, is that, is you and Quasi deciding to say it before I ask. But... But, well, I'm sorry, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue. But I do feel like I did my podcast homework, and I'd like okay. to explain to you. Explain so, okay. yourself. So this weekend, uh, my friend's brother turned 21, and I was invited to the inaugural 21 run that he was on. And to be clear, it's been several years since I've been on a 21 run. Okay. Um, but it was fun. had fun. And I, I had an epiphany halfway through, Robert. Are you ready? No. Previously, on previous 21 runs, my favorite part was like, you know, the drinks, the, the friends, uh, the, uh, you know, the stories out of it. Okay. But do you know what it is now? Uh-oh. My favorite part of 21 runs is that by definition, I get older and we stay mean? the oh, same Jesus age. Christ. <laughs> so That's I'm so ready. Bad. I'm ready for the roasters. No defense. I'm in the right yeah. mindset for this movie. So let's, let's get it going. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of these people, you know, they came here to kick ass and drink beer and they're almost <laughs> out of beer. Um, 
to just say more quotes from the movie, <laughs> Kevin. Um, yeah. So okay, you, but you you've seen the movie before. I've seen it. Yeah. Yes. And you had a nice little Days of Confused altar spread out when we got here yeah. on the table. I have to remain impartial, but there were a lot of posters of Days of Confused yeah. on the table before recording. It was nice. It was nice ambiance. Is in lieu of the letters on the fridge saying anything <laughs> relevant this week. Yeah. Um, sure. But um, but yeah, um, let's uh, yeah, we'll just um, go around. We'll start introducing everybody. Um, and we'll start on my left with the roasters this week. Uh, local filmmaker, director of photography. Find him on I think he said Instagram, social media at PK Stainless. Russell, hey, how's it going? Hi, good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, it's it's a sunny day. Also, I don't know. I felt. Like commenting on the weather. Um, and yeah, further down the line, uh, Seattle Cinephile. Find her on Instagram at Xandra C33. Alexandra. Hey. Calero. Yes. <laughs> you have one name. <laughs> I'm like Oprah. You're, and half the characters in this movie. Um, yeah, uh, how, how are you? Good. It's Good. Nice out now. Yeah. It was ugly like earlier. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, and on the defense this week, uh, filmmaker and political activist Cody Olson. Hello, and how's it going? Usual on the show, regular. <laughs> that's what I meant. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, hi, yep. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing really good. I love this movie. I like. I really enjoyed watching it again. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to defend the crap out of it. The crap. The crap out of it. Um, great. Um, and so, uh, yeah. As per as per usual. Uh, we start with movie in a minute. So, Cody, you're going to give us the full plot synopsis of the movie. Spoilers and all. All right. And uh, bonus points if you name every song in the soundtrack. Okay, that's not going <laughs> to... There's like 40. <laughs> I have my work cut out for me with like the plot alone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll give you a three count and then you're off, all right? Okay, sounds good. Okay, and in three, two, one... Go. All right. It is the last day of school, and basically we get to see about 18 hours, uh, 12 hours in the lives of these students. So last day of school, uh, we follow the high schoolers and the incoming freshmen as uh, all the freshmen get hazed. The freshman girls get hazed in one way. Freshman guys get hazed in another, more violent way. Um, and there's a party brewing, but eventually it gets shut down because the kegs arrive too early before the parents at said house leave. So they shut it down. Um, the night kind of like, I guess the plot sort of swirls around different social circles as they're just kind of meandering throughout the night. Uh, people hang out at the pool house for a while. And eventually Matthew McConaughey pulls together an impromptu party at the water tower, I think. Um, and... People party there, kind of various storylines all converge, and everyone kind of goes home for the night and sleeps it off, slash, some people buy Aerosmith tickets. And you're out of time. Are you done? I said tickets, so yeah. Yeah. Aerosmith (laughs) tickets, that's it. Yeah, wow. Okay. I guess there definitely were things I didn't touch on, but yeah. We'll count it. Count it. You did it. Broad strokes. Um, um, But yeah, uh, and it was called the Moon Tower. I knew I was there's, messing it up when I said it. But there's it only like, lights water. at the top. Yeah. No water. I was like, movie in a minute, if I kind of stop for even a second, I just get tripped up. So I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> it's coming out of my mouth. Whatever. That's a fact <laughs> now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing I would do is, um, oh, Mitch Kramer. His last name is Kramer. I couldn't find it on my notes before. Um, the only thing I would do is like just fill in 
like the two kind of main storylines, mm-hmm. which are uh, Mitch Kramer's and Pink Pink Floyd's, mm-hmm. um, and n- not the band, the car- the guy mm-hmm. whose nickname is Pink, yeah. and his last name is Floyd. Um, so he's got this whole like he needs to sign like the commitment to his team, right? He's where the quarterback. He has to make a drug free pledge mm-hmm. to be for the summer, um, right? Because they're they're gonna do like a champ. They're going for the championship the next year, yeah. And he's like the quarterback, mm-hmm. yeah. And so he, um, yeah, just kind of eventually he refuses to do it and. The coach is like, yeah, it's sort of unclear by the end of it if he's playing football next year or if he's not. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. He's going, he's going to an Aerosmith concert. That's all that matters. (laughs) Um, And then Mitch Kramer is the this uh, budding freshman who is the little brother of one of the senior girls, and um, he kind of, you know, we see most of the hazing kind of from his perspective, and. Uh, he gets kind of you know roped in among like the older guys. Mm-hmm. Like he gets hazed so early that they're just like, all right, come hang out with us all yeah. night. Um, and yeah, he goes to the Moon Tower party and then um, has this like I don't know. He just goes home late, but we follow him a lot of the movies. So he like goes and buys beer and somehow doesn't get carded and like a bunch of his random stuff. You're 18, right? Was, yeah. Sure. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, his name is Mitch. Right. Yeah, Mitch. Okay. Mitch Kramer. Mitch, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I would necessarily fill in. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about all the characters in the movie, because there are a lot. There are a lot. I basically decided that I was not going to be able to summarize <laughs> all the finer points of the movie, and just yeah. went broad strokes sure. through the larger plot structure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, with that, Cody, uh, we'll turn the floor over to you. Uh, and you can give us your opening statements. Uh, why do you like uh, Days of Confused? Yeah, let's see. I think this film is just a blast to watch. Um, it's probably... I don't know if there's a better slice-of-life film than this. Um, and I think Richard Linklater, the director, obviously gets throughout his filmography, has gotten really solid naturalistic performances from actors. Um, but in this movie, it kind of feels like amped up to 10 just because there are so, so many actors and every single one of them feels like this distinct character who's not who's not an actor delivering lines. So you have that going for it. Um, I'm trying to think. I one of the things that I really like about the movie. I'm trying not to get like too specific, but I just really like that the the villains of some storylines are the protagonists of other storylines. Mm. That we just follow this like massive, massive social circle, and in and in some scenes, somebody might be like scary and a bad guy and in other scenes somebody's oh we're hanging out with them on their level now and so it's just like this utterly fascinating film that uh yeah i could just watch again and again okay um great uh so roasters um we did this massive social circle that has all these caveats and hierarchies and characters uh so i think that's where y'all should start um i know there's talk i don't, I don't know if you all want to jump right in there's talk of uh caricatures and teenage culture and like what how it's portrayed in the movie so not everybody where to begin where to begin (laughs) um honestly actually the first thing that jumps into my head is the idea that they're all great performances which i would wholeheartedly disagree with starting with mitch 
that might be the worst acting I have seen in a movie in my life. And I have seen a ton of bad acting. There's pinching of our brows at the table. Like his, his reaction to being stressed out or having somebody tell him, Oh, you know, something bad's going to happen. And it's just the instinct to touch his face because maybe somebody told him to do that. It's like, that's not good acting. That's not good demonstration of, you know, the fact that you're stressed or scared. It's like, I don't know what to do with myself, so I'll just put my hands in my face. And maybe that'll actually uh, demonstrate what I'm supposed to be demonstrating. Yeah. I mean, I think that most of the characters in, in the movie come across as a caricature of the archetype that they're supposed to be. Um, even down to you have the, uh, let's see, what's one of the ones that just bothered the hell out of me? Like Adam, Adam Goldberg is, they're sitting in the car, I think they're driving or maybe they're getting high, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I don't want to be a lawyer, I want to dance. And I'm just like, okay, that's like, one, that's just bad writing. Um, and, <laughs> and two, like, it just, the way he said it, it just, like, there was... It was just Adam Goldberg being Adam Goldberg, like, and even before, like, he really established himself as as a B-list actor. I mean, he's not like super popular, but even before he like established his character of who he is um, in the the greater scheme of, of film, um, he just was being himself, and um, I think that it's caricature um, for everyone uh, in the movie. Matthew McConaughey was a caricature of Matthew McConaughey and every character that he's ever been um, (laughs) since then. Um, Caveat a few different movies um, where he was (laughs) slightly different um, as he got older. Um, Yeah. You've got the caricature of the the stoner. You've got the caricature Mm -hmm. of the um, athletes. Uh, even the main character who's supposed to be able to float through different social circles, it seemed a little too perfect that he could get along fine with the stoners yeah. without any sort of pushback from his jock friends. Uh, the fact that he was desired by, it seemed like every girl that he came in contact wanted him. And it's like, I like I knew people like that in high school. And I also knew people who were like, no, we don't want it. We're not interested. <laughs> um, so it seemed a little too easy for it to have a character that, fit in with everybody i mean is he supposed to be the way we get into these social circles you should be able to write a film where we can jump between social circles and not feel like i gotta have a character that goes between each of them because otherwise i don't care i think for me that that's what made it feel more organic and fun uh whether or not every school and every social circle is like that him seeing these social circles bleed into each other for me was more fun than having them be disparate stories I, I want to ask I want to ask you something real quick specifically about uh, I think Adam Goldberg mm-hmm. right is the guy's name you were saying you didn't like the part where he says he he wants to dance yeah do you think he's genuine in that moment because I think I might have had a different read on it than you mm-hmm. so that's a good question I don't know whether he was supposed to be genuine or not he doesn't come across as genuine at all so my read on that moment is so he says I don't I've been thinking about it I don't want to be a lawyer he goes into this anecdote right. And then they're, you know, people are kind of, they're like, well, what do you want to be? And then music kind of ticks up a little bit. And he's like, I want to dance, you know, right before it cuts away. Uh, and I feel like he doesn't want to be a lawyer. That much is very true. But one that moment spoke to a larger reason why I like this film is because the interaction felt really genuine. That 
he's he's in the midst of making a true point, which is, I don't want to be a lawyer. I'm grappling with this thing. His friends are asking him, what do you want to be? And I think he hasn't decided yet. And so he kind of shifts into like, yeah, making a joke and going, I want to dance. You know, that I feel like that's how I interact with my friends where half of it will be serious, but then halfway through I can just start making a joke and no one will bat an eye, right? They, it's not like you have to make a monologue about about what I want to be instead of the lawyer. So I would buy that if they had set that up in any other interactions in the entire movie for that character. Hmm. Like he didn't really make jokes throughout the entire, and in, in, like in any other place in in the in the film, at least not that I noticed. Um, he was very serious throughout all of it. Um, and yeah, no, he, I mean, he definitely is. Yeah. yeah, and so it just, it felt completely out of place for him. I, yeah, I, I feel you. Um, yeah, I don't, so I, I think, I think you're right that he doesn't make a ton of jokes in that film, but I think my read of it is still that he he's in 100% not saying he wants to dance, that he, that I think the film was kind of, was trying to sort of show just the, like, the way the kind of weird natural rhythms that people have when they interact. Again, I guess like I would buy that argument if they had established that in any other part of his character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, either bad writing or bad characterization. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I do kind of, I understand the idea that with the line reading, Mm -hmm. um, the I want to dance does come off as a joke and maybe not serious, but like you were saying, you should at least portray the character as somebody who has a sense of humor Mm -hmm. so that when that line reading comes up, we go, okay, yeah, he's not serious. But Mm -hmm. up until that point, he's, you know, a a serious character that doesn't want to go to the party. He doesn't want to do these things. He's, this is none of this, um, involves his normal social circle. So, for him to sit there and go, I want to dance as a joke. You're like, I, you know, but I don't know if that's a joke. You know, are you serious? I mean, is this your way of playing off the fact that you maybe do want to dance and your friends aren't going to take you seriously. And so you've got to make it a joke, but mm. you know, in reality, no, that's what you want to do deep down. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it just felt like it tracked with his, with the way he had been interacting a little bit, even though he wasn't super jokey, he's kind of this like, little bit high stress guy and so i felt like this a joke that kind of goes from zero to 60 really quick uh i was like yeah that kind of feels like his manic energy a bit but all this is i I really like this conversation because i feel like it's a great microcosm for this movie i was was gonna say like man we're spending a lot more time so so i I really like it um but but let's let's take a step back i feel like i feel like this movie is so like interwoven uh, with so many characters that it for me when I when I watched it last it felt like uh, Richard Linkletter you know isn't trying to characterize a, a bunch of move or a bunch of characters at the same time that there you have your couple that that get more um, backstory that get more motivations than than others but the, it, so much of the film uh, for me is like this kind of like interwoven like uh, what Cody was saying between um, you know social circles and all these things and I think it's fair to criticize. Uh, if that doesn't work for you, and I think that's that's totally something that is up for criticism. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced uh, that uh, that Richard Linklater is even trying to, you know, kind of show the audiences, um, you know, the dreams of each character, and is trying to physically set up things to go across scenes besides maybe two or three of the characters. Um, but I would love to hear both sides' uh, thoughts on 
how different this is than other high school movies, mm-hmm. um, other um, kind of coming of age movies. Because for me, it has a, you know, it has a lot of um, maybe cliches, a lot of um, you know uh, stereotypes for for sure for certain. Um, but I feel like it still creates kind of a different feel, good or bad. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say the movie I th- I think is supposed to be a character study. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the point of the movie is or what it's trying to be. Um, but I think it's supposed to be a character study, which means I want something from my characters. I want something that tells me that they have a direction that even if it's the, my direction is to get stoned for the next 18 hours, you know, other than the stoner guy, the cliched stoner guy, you know, I don't think that you get an idea that these characters even really have a personality to develop what? or no no personality okay the personalities <laughs> in this film are so incredibly diverse what? uh okay so let me rephrase, rephrase that um a non-cliched you know high school student personality <laughs> that you'd expect to see in this kind of movie um there's little to no character development. I mean, you've got a great opportunity with the, I guess, air quotes, main character in uh, mm-hmm. Randall Pink Floyd, Randall. Who, no, who, sorry. Sorry. who has this opportunity to stand up for himself or stand up for his team, his entire team, and mm-hmm. say, we shouldn't have to sign this pledge to not drink, not have sex, not do drugs, whatever else is in the pledge, in, a, in order to be you know, star athletes for this football team. And he just spends the entire time kind of complaining about it, but not actually talking about why he might think that the school is overstepping its boundaries. Um, And just by the end, he's like, "Eh, I might play football. I might not. I'm not signing this. It's like, you said that two hours ago, which, you know, in movie time, two hours or, you know, 18 hours ago, and you you haven't changed your mind. And you've had a lot of people talking to you about why you should or shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the big thing, like when it comes to um, this, from characterization of of all of the different characters in the in the movie, because there's a lot of them. Um, this is supposed to be a character study because there's obviously like the plot is very 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 minimal, mm-hmm. um, and it is about living with the characters for a certain amount of time. And you would expect in a character study and uh, of this sort that there is story arcs uh, and character arcs um, and that the characters do change from beginning to end. And I could argue that Mitch does change because he goes from being scared to being one of the cool kids, quote, mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, and uh, But that's a very superficial change. Like, there's mm-hmm. no real depth in any of the characters and there is absolutely no depth of change uh, in in the characters. Well, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think the characters change all that much, but I don't think the film is made worse for that. I think think the intention of the film, you kind of mentioned it being directionless. Um, And I think, again, that's also true to an extent. I think the direction and the motivation of the film and, and every character in it is really just have fun. It's the last day of school. They don't have any you know, like major, major plans. It's just, eh, let's go to a party and blow off some steam. And I think for me, it's just really compelling the way it's executed and presented um, is undeniably compelling. And so I don't, for me, it would feel false if 
there was if there was some some big change versus kind of just seeing these people and just starting to get to understand how they tick. You know, I think we just see, uh, I feel like it's pretty safe to say there's at least like a dozen characters who have a solid amount of lines in this film. Or at least are named. Yeah, 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 right. Like a dozen named characters in this film. And I think we see all of them interact with all these situations and we get to see their different responses to it. And that is like what I find fascinating. That, um, you know, we, you have like the upperclassmen who are doing the, the paddling thing. And the main character who's not... He's not saying that we shouldn't do paddling at all, but then when we see him and he gets to the chance, he kind of gives a guy a light tap and he's like, ah, you know, it's I got it bad back in the day too. Um, <laughs> but then you contrast that with like Ben Affleck, who's just a raging psychopath. But And then there's also people in the middle who like really go at the paddling, but are still like pretty chill with the freshmen at the party once they've done it. Um, and I don't know. So I guess I just watch this and I'm like, this is really compelling and no, there's not even necessarily like a point to it other than just kind of watching it. But I guess I'd argue that there's like not really a point to any movie other than watching it. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I am like thoroughly in this world every time I watch it. Wow. Um, so, so let's talk, uh, just kind of trying to spin off of that point a mm -hmm. little bit um, because we're kind of talking about how the, um, there's like this, like this, this range of the way the upperclassmen, you know, treat the younger classmen. Yeah. Where you know, after they've gone through the hazing, they're part of it's. You know, it's they're no longer the younger right. kids to pick on. To or some of them, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about just how just different cultures in the movie are kind of represented. I know we we're, were talking about like stoner culture and um, just kind of how broy the movie is at times. I don't know where. Whoever had. <laughs> you want to start? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, gosh, where, where to start in this, in this case? Um, it's a really big slice of life. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think going back to uh, a little bit of what we were saying before is that, you know, most of the subcultures that are there are stereotypes of, of the subcultures. So you have the jocks. Um, who are raging psychopaths for the most part. There's, you know, a couple that aren't. Um, the, um, you know, there's the, what I assume are the cheerleaders, but they don't really say specifically what the group of popular girls are. Um, yeah, who maybe are, just preppy girls. Like, yeah. maybe they're not all cheerleaders, but kind of of that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, so the ones who would be dating the football players. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have the stoners, you have... You know, the underclassmen are definitely, like, the geeks if you do the whole, like, uh, everything in the in the 80s had the preps versus the, <laughs> the freaks versus the geeks and all that crap. Um, so I think that they're represented, um, and most of it is falling into all of the cliches around that. But given the time period when this movie was made and the time period that it's portraying, it's unsurprising mm -hmm. yeah. dead uh, stuff <laughs> and, and I don't know if we mentioned this but this is taking place in 1976 right? oh yeah in Austin Texas yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I guess for me, I feel like when I watch this film at least, and I, I guess I can't speak to your guys' experiences, but they don't feel like cliches to me because some of these people I've met and like I feel like some of these conversations I've had. Like I, I think I was saying before we started recording that the thing that the stoner says, the most prominent stoner about, uh, you know, it's like George Washington, man, yeah. he was... He was into aliens, man. Like, you know, he was into aliens, man. Like, I have had that exact self-serious conversation with somebody, you know, either wall high or with somebody who is high. And I don't know. So I, I, I really like it. I, yeah. Getting high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, to me, it felt, it felt varied and genuine. Because kind of like I said before, I think every kind of larger pocket the stoners the jocks the underclassmen they all have uh multiple different characters populating this and so you get you get permutations on each uh i guess on each like type of person if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um where where do we think the kind of the that biggest range is then the biggest range of like personality types sure or within little microcosm from like like let's say spider is the stoneriest stone right to like the least stonery character or what yeah i think for me it's pretty clearly the jocks just mm-hmm. because like i said before you have o'bannon who takes it so far to the point where he's a frightening person <laughs> right and then on the opposite end of the spectrum you have pink who who still tacitly condones the you know the hazing ritual but doesn't buy into it with like the same uh vigor you know that uh that abandoned does i feel like that's probably the the broadest okay yeah um but uh another thing we that kind of rolls into this culture thing too is kind of the gender balance in the movie did anyone have thoughts on that yes yeah (laughs) um i think that probably was one of my biggest things uh we we talk frequently about whether movies pass the Bechdel test, mm-hmm. whether they should be, you know, passing the Bechdel test. Yes, this technically does, <laughs> but all of the characters, all the female characters, their their personalities or their characterizations or just who they are revolves entirely around the guys in their life. Um, you have Mitch's older sister who totally is into Randall, um, and Randall has a girlfriend. Randall doesn't care that he's got a girlfriend. Um, You know, you've got, like, conversations in cars between these girls that they might say one thing that is not related to a guy, but everything eventually comes back to, oh, you want to sleep with this person, or, oh, you know, you think that person's hot. And they don't see anything wrong with inflicting the same kind of for lack of a better term social torture on the underclassmen that underclassmen that was inflicted upon them mm-hmm. i mean you know you but got, is, that a, is that a flaw in the film or is that the film presenting the culture and like potentially internalized misogyny as, as it sometimes is that specific aspect i mean not I, all the gender dynamics I, I, <laughs> I mean i think i think it's a problem in the film just because it goes back to that thing of taking the stereotypical uh, characterizations instead of kind of understanding that even within the you know a cheerleading squad or a football team there are going to mm-hmm. be people who don't fit that that um 
that stereotype. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I mean specifically you were saying that the upperclassmen inflict kind of the same sort of social damage, uh, social terror on like the underclassmen that they were subjected to. Uh And I think, and I, I think like all your criticisms of the way that the film kind of deals with gender are 100% valid and are true. But that one specifically, I think, is the film, both for the guys and the girls, just presenting that this is the way, this is kind of the structure that people, you know, come up and go to school in, and they're doing the exact same thing that were, that was done to them as freshmen. And it's, it's not really commenting on it, and it's not really, it's just saying this is the world that they live in, right? Well, I, I think the thing that I have a problem with is that they're actually not commenting on it. Like, I, I personally think that... Uh, film uh, and you know any any kind of film um you know even things like michael bay um should have commentary about what they're presenting right they should take an opinionated stance on it and i think that they they this movie its opinion is one not strongly stated and two its tacit acceptance of problematic behavior Mm -hmm. and a problematic culture that has led that honestly has led to a lot of the things that we're seeing uh come to light nowadays Mm -hmm. um around the people who were you know in their formative years during the time when this movie was released um as well as people who have been influenced by movies like this and the culture that that is presented in this movie. Do you feel like this film uh do you feel like this film promotes hazing? Like do you feel like yes. this Yes. Do you think it promotes yes. hazing? Yes. Rather than just presenting it as this happened, this was a thing. Um I think if it was presenting it as this happens, this was a thing, there would have been somebody other than the mom with a shotgun <laughs> who says, you're not going to do this. And what does she do? She points a shotgun at a kid, tells him, you're not going to beat my kid, but doesn't follow through on trying to track down the child's parent or, you know, keep her kid safe. She lets her kid go out and get, you know, the shit kicked out of him again, you know, anyway. You have when the um, the cheerleaders or whatever we're calling the Mm -hmm. the group of popular girls when they're doing the hazing it might not be violent the way it is towards um the the way the the jocks are to the Mm -hmm. yeah for the boys um but you have uh one of the characters i think it was joey lauren adams character who was like i feel for you guys Mm -hmm. you know this was done to me and you'll do this to somebody else but that's the thing is if she feels bad for them if she knows that this is not necessarily the most pleasant thing to endure there are other ways to haze people or welcome them into the high school or into being part of this community that doesn't involve having them stand or you know i shouldn't say stand kneel in front of a guy and yeah. offer themselves as a sex object. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I I guess I just don't to me it didn't feel like it was it was condoning it so much as it was presenting it. And I guess maybe that's your criticism is that it that it should critique it, that it's negligent to not. But I I don't know. I didn't come out of the film feeling like I I didn't come out of the film feeling like there was I don't know that I'm, I'm trying to think what my point is exactly. I guess I felt when I saw people kind of contradict themselves and go, oh, I feel for you guys, it was, but it was done to me, that I was like, oh, that's kind of shitty. And it, <laughs> But it seemed like it was like it's pretty clearly presented as shitty. And then they'd move on because they're like, this is the character we're presenting. This is her. 
She's full of some internal contradictions. She's also not a terrible person. You know, I don't know. That was my read of it. I mean, I think, I mean, I can understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it goes back to that thing of if you're going to present it, take a stand on it in some way. And I do Mm -hmm. feel like the movie does kind of take a stand like, well, all the kids are okay by the end of the movie. So hazing might not be a terrible thing because it, it welcomes them into the school and it makes them feel like they're now part of the cool kids. I mean, even the, the teacher, I mean, the kids mm-hmm. go to the teacher at one point and ask him, uh, you know, can, you know, can you let us out of school early? Any, any seconds yeah. you can give us will, you know, save us that many yeah. lickings. And he's like, well, my, you know, my platoon leader in Vietnam told Vietnam. me that 50 are going in and 25 are coming out. And he's just, oh God, I mean, you have, you're you know, all just going to die yeah. anyway. Right. You've got an authority figure who somebody should be, you know, yeah. calling attention to this and more than just a, it's a personal responsibility thing. Right. Say you guys are out of luck. I mean, good luck and God bless. And I'll see you next year maybe but but the film i think has... you're actually going to <laughs> yeah. but the film has remind me of his name again adam goldberg. goldberg adam goldberg and john lennon looking guy they do comment on it at one point and they basically they say almost what you said they go you know teachers they kind of turn their blind eye we're doing this in the parking lot anyone could stop us if they really wanted to and i guess maybe they don't go far enough it's a moment but i do think the film both says this thing happens. Some people also comment on kind of how bullshitty it is. Well, okay, so uh, I'd like to actually address that because there's a number yeah. of places where this movie ha- lays down potential. Mm-hmm. It lays down some really good potential for some actually socially progressive messages. Mm-hmm. And it fails. It fails so fucking hard. Sorry. Am I allowed to say <laughs> that? I swear. Okay, I swear good. Fuck yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I realize, like... Season two, just as R-rated as the first. <laughs> okay, cool. I didn't know if you had the explicit, like, rating <laughs> or not. Um, but it, it fails so hard on almost every aspect of, of any kind of socially progressive message. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they comment on it, and then they do nothing, is the message that, that this is sending. It's, it's, okay, yeah, well... Uh, we're just going to accept what's happening in the world because, eh. But sometimes that's what being a student or a kid is, is going, hey, is this a little fucked up? Yeah, this is a little fucked up. Okay. Right? Like, that's, that's sometimes what you do as a kid. I mean, I guess I'm being influenced by today's generation of, yeah. of kids because I love what's going on with, with yeah. kids right now and how right. much of a strong stance that they're taking. I grew up in a generation of people who didn't give a fuck. And that, um, and that's interesting because I want to hear it from the roasters, and I think this is a great conversation yeah. and great topic. Are you guys holding 1993 Richard Linklater accountable or 1976 culture accountable? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, so what I when I was when I was researching this movie, I didn't research it. Uh, uh, I noticed that it's it's been longer since Days and Fuse came out than it has been since Days and Confused is taking off of the late 70s. It was made about oh. the time. Yeah, 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 that it's depicting. And so uh, I don't, I'm going to venture that, I, I don't think the defense or anyone is, 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 is arguing that there are not problematic things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to hear if you're, if you're holding like 93 link later or 76 culture. So I personally am holding 93 Linkletter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 
the nineties were, uh, having, you know, I was in high school, uh, during the nineties. Yes. I'm old, uh, compared to all of you. <laughs> um, and like, I even, so I grew up in deep South, uh, mm-hmm. south of New Orleans, uh, if you can imagine that there is things south the of ocean. New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, my town was built on top of a swamp. Um, and, like, this was even... So, I, in the area that I grew up, we were more socially progressive than this message, than the message of this movie hmm. in 93. So, now, granted, it, we have regressed quite a bit in the last <laughs> but so so you're saying that um and i just want to uh cl- clear this up that that richard uh i forgot where Linklater. i was going Linklater. i was no i was forgot i totally <laughs> forgot i had something so i totally maybe, forgot maybe maybe i'm getting so so richard linklater should have crit to prevent kind of history going in cycles and repeat and you know history repeating itself should have said something about it rather than just being like here's what my life was yes okay. yeah i think he should have taken a stance on why it was problematic and, and, and mm-hmm. the, the side note like the side web we're talking about the progressive like little sidebars that are yeah. littered throughout this movie uh is that something you want more emphasis on and that would be that would be like a step in the right direction um i this, think or? that so yes i think that if if he had taken those further and not just made them one-off lines that happened you know maybe once every 30 to 40 minutes in the film um then it would have sent a different message than what's currently being sent uh in the film i would also say that i'm holding 93 link later responsible (laughs) Um, for among other reasons, it's 1976. It's not that long after Vietnam ended, so you can't tell me these kids are not socially aware of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents were teenagers in the 60s. My mom, you know, was in D.C. for Martin Luther King's march. So you can't tell me that in 76, after Vietnam, that kids are like, yeah, we don't fucking care anymore. You know, the whole idea or the whole way that. Um, kids have progressed in society is that they see the shitty thing that's going on and go fuck the adults are not doing anything about it this is our job to do something about it mm-hmm. and i understand this movie is supposed to be a slice of life thing and pro and i would imagine is supposed to be what it, his high school was you know his high school years were like um but i find it hard to believe even in texas even in the 70s wherever this is supposed to be, because I know it's filmed in Austin. I don't know if it's supposed to be Austin. Yes, it's Austin. Okay, so it's supposed to be Austin. I, I don't I don't believe that there isn't one politically active kid in mm. that school. And I know that the implication is that the three, uh, Adam Goldberg, the mm-hmm. uh, John Lennon guy, and <laughs> um, the redhead that drives them everywhere, they yeah. are supposed supposed to be i think the politically active you know students are the yeah they're the the woke ish kids Mm -hmm. but they still end up participating in all of the um and all of the stuff they go to the party they you know one of the guys starts a fight because he's like well this will make me look cool and if i stand up to him like a bully you know he doesn't want to look cool and he starts to fight he feels like a he feels like he encountered a bully wasn't ready for it 
and that this bully, if you stand up to him, will back down and will be taken down a peg. Right? Like he wasn't looking for glory, I think. He was saying, I don't want to be bullied in my life. I would agree with you, except for the conversation he had in the car afterwards, where he was like, well, I got in, you know, I look good, right? You know, it turned out okay, right? No, but he's totally, he's trying to justify it. He, you know, the other guy pretty much beat him up, and, you know, and he's kind of going, all right, you know, uh, Ernest Hemingway, you don't, you don't hear about who won the fight. You just kind of hear that he got in a fight. He's kind of, he's thinking through it, right? As you do when you lose a fight, you know, Shit, that sucked. Right. But I mean, there's a, there's a perfect example there of a conversation that could have occurred where he's acknowledging the fact that, you know, I stood up for myself and mm-hmm. instead he's trying to paint himself as Ernest Hemingway, or I think he mentions, uh, I think he mentions F. Scott Fitzgerald. I mean, basically mm-hmm. these are, these are guys who created a reputation. And so ultimately that conversation in the car feels like he's just looking for a better reputation than what he has. You know, you have the potential with the redheaded girl Mm -hmm. to be the one, you know, I don't want to say sane character in the movie, but Mm -hmm. I saw so much potential in this female character because she didn't really seem to be want to want to be part of any of the um, the throwing yourself at a guy thing or Mm -hmm. like none of that seemed to matter to her. And then Matthew McConaughey comes along because mm-hmm. he's into everybody who's 17 or younger yeah. and f- says one nice complimentary thing to her and she's given him his number and, you know, yeah. just she's she's ready to get down with Michael uh, with Matthew McConaughey. It's like, I, I lost hope. <laughs> so I guess, so I want to ask a question because you're saying that you feel like the people in this film aren't politically active. But I guess I, I'm confused because I feel like coming off the Vietnam War, coming off the Civil Rights Movement, like you guys were talking about in the 60s, those are different things from mostly what we're talking about, which is hazing, which is a very specific thing to school. And I think you can be politically active and you know, and think that we should have progressive race, race relations, that we should raise the minimum wage, and then also join a fraternity and haze the shit out of people. It's not right. You know, there, there are some contradictions there. But you yourself can do that, can go, oh, on Saturdays I volunteer at the Democratic Party, and then on Sundays I haze the freshmen. You know what I mean? Like, those are, I think they're two different things that we're conflating. Yes. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, people can't be dynamic people that hold mm-hmm. to opposing views in their head. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not expecting every character to be politically active. I'm just saying for a movie that is... like you were saying trying occasionally to make social commentary the fact that there is not a single character that is socially conscious is frustrating but there are characters that are socially conscious the the three people that we talked to they comment on it so are they they socially conscious or are they are they not socially conscious i don't think they are i think that because they end up just participating in everything not because they want to, because they feel mm. they have to. But isn't that a part of growing up? A part of like being in a being in a school and being in a social dynamic and feeling peer pressure is being able to acknowledge that this is weird. I don't know if I like this, but I am sure as hell not going to rock the boat enough to you know to really step out on this thing, right? I guess. I mean, <laughs> like I hope that if I. That if I was in their shoes, that I would go, don't make anyone propose to me. That's messed up. I'm not going to be a part of this. I really hope that I would do that. But I can't I can't guarantee. You know, and if you like, 
if you thought back on on things that I commented on in school, but then also didn't really raise serious hell about, right? I feel like you could probably find some contradictions there. I think now I would maybe go to bat for those a little more, but I think going to high school with the same people year after year, you kind of get in this mode where you're like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I want to rock the boat too much, right? Yeah, I can understand that. And you, you can see that within certain characters, but there's a difference between I'm not going to rock the boat and mm. I'm going to basically participate. You know, he... But, uh, how, but how else do you not rock the boat other than participating in the thing everyone else is participating in? You walk away. But that's rocking the boat. <laughs> that, he not... walked away. They, okay, so they were just hanging out there. They weren't trying to be involved in the hazing, right? And she brings a girl up to him and says, hey, propose to him. And he's like, this is weird. Why? But now he's in it. Now, if he turned around and went, no, I'm out, that would be a statement. Instead, he kind of just takes it but tries to blunt the impact and is like, no, stand up, stand up. Let's, hey, let's talk. But right, but he doesn't really throw water on it, you know? I guess I don't see how walking away from a situation is rocking the boat because he's not participating. Talk, but then people talk. People are like, did you hear that so-and-so walked away from it? Like, but he's walked shit, away man. is not the same thing as stepping so- in and trying to stop it. That is rocking the boat. And, and both, One's rocking the boat, one's rocking the boat, but maybe a little less. But they're both rocking the boat for sure. People will talk about it in school, right? Well, so, but if he really was socially conscious mm-hmm. enough to actually have a problem with it right he wouldn't have been in the parking lot watching yeah but but again i guess that's what it, that's what's like being in school is going this is weird i don't like this i'm one person there are you know maybe a thousand kids who go to this high school maybe a couple hundred i'm not gonna single-handedly stop it so it's it's an institution right it's like a social institution same way that pink You know, he's not really looking to, like, cream somebody with the paddles, but the guy hands him the paddle and he kind of, you know, kind of waits till Abandon leaves and he kind of, you know, just gives him a really soft one. He's like, all right, hey, I'll drive you home. But even Pink, who has so much, who has, I think, a lot of power in this school, isn't about to be like, hey, Abandon, that is, that is a bridge too far. You know, Pink's like, they did it to me. You know, I'm going to go easy on him because I fancy myself a pretty nice guy, but... I I can't stop it, you know? But is he going easy on Mitch because I'm an easygoing guy and, you know, I know how bad it is and I'll be mm-hmm. the nice guy? Or is it he's going easy on Mitch because he wants to sleep with Mitch's sister and thinks that, hey, if Mitch's sister finds out that I beat the shit out of the, her brother, she's not going to sleep with me? No, I think his, no, his whole demeanor in the movie is, sure, we see him, that one guy is, is her sister, but I mean... We see him, you know, maybe a little with O'Bannon, like, he doesn't condemn O'Bannon, but, like, when O'Bannon gets the paint dropped on him, he's definitely not like, you freshman went too far. He's kind of <laughs> like, hey, O'Bannon, maybe you had that one coming a bit. He, he, I think, pretty clearly has an air of these hazing rituals are social institutions that I cannot stop, but, you know, I'm so-so on them. I can take them or leave them. I don't think you have to actively participate in anything and you know if pink doesn't want to be involved in the hazing you know if we're trying to talk about the fact that oh you know it's great that he can jump from social circle to social circle he doesn't have to participate in the hazing and he'd still be welcomed by the jocks because he's the quarterback of the team 
Potentially, but that's what I'm saying is that the guy who in this film is in the position to in, is in the best position to break this institution still feels enough social pressure that he himself is not really going to try and fight back against it. Because he, as popular as he might be, he is one kid at a school and this thing's been going on for a while and it's, yeah. But he has no problem fighting back against the I won't do drugs pledge. Because that's new. That's brand, that's brand new. That's brand new. It hasn't been set in stone. It's not an institution yet. It's that was that's starting to potentially be, you know, instituted. And he's going, I'm on the front lines of this one. This other thing already exists. It's right. But, but peer pressure exists in both of those. I mean, he has his, his sure, jock yeah. friends going, just sign it. Who cares? They're not going to drug test us. You know, sure. just sign it. And he, you know, he's saying, I won't do it because I don't know that I believe in it. So it's like he is willing to stand up for himself in terms of, I want to be able to get high and drink every weekend, but he's not willing to say, I have a problem with the hazing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a social institution that's been around since I got in and probably before me, and so I just won't say anything about it. No, I think you're right. I think he goes to bat a little bit more for something that is going to impact him right now today versus something that is not impacting him because he's already through it. Um, but again, I would also say that it's that this thing is new, and he's he's not a perfect person. I don't think the film paint to someone so much as somebody who is, I think, pretty decent. But yeah, if you really break it down, he does fart. He does, he fights pretty hard against this anti-drug thing, and he does fight less hard against uh, against the paddle hazing. Uh, so, I mean, that's a fair critique of him, but I, I just think that it maybe rings true to uh, to high school, or at least certain experiences of high school, perhaps Richard Linklater's experience. Hmm. All right. We've, uh, we've, 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 I'm going to, yeah, we'll draw, we'll draw. We'll that out. was beautiful, all of that. Time out. Sides. Great. That was like, I'll get out. Um, that being said, we, uh, reached a point where we have to unmask because we're running out of time. Um, which is which is great. Dang, um, I like this. What if that was, everyone, that was a good volley for a while. What if everyone was different than the side they're on, and they just got really heated about yeah, maybe, the opposite? That'd be crazy. Yeah. that'd be more surprising than the Thor episode. When I was, it switched. keeps yeah. nothing has topped Thor. Yet. <laughs> nothing has topped Thor. Um, okay, but yeah, let's start. Um, Cody, we'll start with you with unmasking. How do you really feel? Yeah, uh, I was almost going to make a joke that I didn't like this film, but you know, he made it. (laughs) No, I absolutely love uh, this movie. And I think this was only my second time seeing it. My first time was kind of late in college. Uh, So first time was like fairly recent. Um, But yeah, it almost sounds like a knock against the film, but it is like the longest hour and 40 minute film that I think. But it's, but in a good way, like I can't imagine writing this script. I'm just like this character goes there and this and like just the spider web of social interactions like how the hell did he keep that straight in his head sure. it's crazy i love it i love it um alexandra um i've seen this movie twice mm. um i would say at best the first time i was indifferent to it and then <laughs> the second time was pure torture I, it took me two days to watch it. Oh my god! Uh, the first day, I only made it twenty minutes, and Man. I thought I had made it so much farther. What? Uh, what yeah. Um, what brought? What made you turn it off on the so first much. day? I I was like, oh god, I forgot how boring this is, and I'm tired, oh, and I gotta go to work tomorrow, and 
I'm like halfway. I'm sure I'm halfway through, and then when I started up again, like, I God, nearly cried. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly cried when I realized I had an hour and twenty minutes left in it. Oh man. Oh my god. I'm I'm not a fan, which is I'm. It's disappointing because I'm a Linklater fan. I, oh, I'm a you are? huge okay. fan of him Ooh, okay. as a filmmaker, and I think that one of my biggest issues with this movie is. I don't think he knows what he wants it to be. Mm. And so for me, judging the quality of a movie is what is it trying to be and how well does it accomplish it? Mm. And I don't think he knows what it's trying to be, which means I don't think he accomplished it. Mm. It does have a killer soundtrack, though. I mean, that to me is the saving grace for this movie. Can't argue with that. Um, Russell. So uh, I've seen it probably about five or six times. Hell yeah. um, I don't like it. Um, what? Yes. Um, I mean, by now. <laughs> yeah. um, for a lot of the reasons that, that we talked about, mm-hmm. right? Um, I also find it exceedingly boring. Um, <laughs> wow. uh, I had to, probably at about hour and 10, if it's an hour and 40, I was like, okay, I've got to do something else. <laughs> otherwise, I'm going to fall asleep. Um, I I actually do like a lot of the actors in the film, um, and I think that from a technical standpoint, with the exception of like their DP really needs to learn how to focus. Um, <laughs> from a technical standpoint, I thought it was a really well done movie. The uh, art design was amazing; like it really captured seventy uh, six. Now, granted, I wasn't alive in seventy six, mm-hmm. but it captures the aesthetic that I see in like all of my parents' old photos. photos yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that they did that really well. Like, I think the art direction is probably the, and the art direction and the soundtrack are the two things that I would say that this movie is, is stellar on. Mm. Nice. Can I ask how you've wound up seeing it five or six times, but really don't like it? Uh, I have friends who Your friend's me. house that keep going oh, okay. this movie. And Man, five or six is a lot for a film. I don't know if there's a film that I legit don't like that I've seen that many times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I tend to hate watch things also. So, oh. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, uh, boy. Kevin. Uh, I actually really like this film. Um, I'm sure we'll go into it on the bonus part. Uh, so I don't want to take up a bunch of time here. Yeah. Um, but I... Honestly, I do see both sides to this. I do understand and agree that, you know, I mean, even Cody was like, it's a, it's a long hour 45, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I that is a compliment. No, 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 even, no, 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 even, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like, I like yeah. being in the movie, mm-hmm. but just because it is aimless in so yeah. many ways yeah. that you feel unproductive watching it, right? Mm-hmm. And... Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the, the other stuff later, but I, I actually really enjoy this. One. Yeah, I uh, I fucking love this movie. Um, I think uh, I watched it like the first time. I must have been like, um, I had like a bunch of really good friends I grew up in the neighborhood with, mm-hmm. and we probably we it must we must have watched this like in seventh or eighth grade, which was like probably like the ideal time for like a young boy to watch it, where mm-hmm. it's like we're just getting into all of this music and then we were also like about to start high school and so like nice. we were just like so sucked into it like I had a Days and Confused poster like on my wall growing up like I, this movie's I, I dig it and I was so like um, like you put Cody you post on Facebook that you're watching it and you were like mm, getting ready for the podcast yeah, yeah. I commented and I was yeah. just like I'm so into this movie right now I know and I, I thought because I just read the like the tenor of your comment I thought that meant you were watching it for the first time no so I, was, I was just 
in the right mood to watch it that night or Dude, something. Dude, that's, that's how I was. I watched it on, like, a nice, hungover... It was almost Sunday, but it was a Monday because it was a three-day weekend. Yeah. But uh, it was just like, yeah, what do I want? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely... We can talk more about, I don't know, how we came to find it and everything on the post-show. Um, and so it's time to do the wrap-up of everything. Um, and so first I want to thank everybody for being here, uh, Russell and Alexandra and Cody and for Kevin for hosting. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, that was our Days and Confused episode, everybody. Um, as we mentioned, we're going to keep talking for a little bit as part of our extended play post show, which you can get over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash 24flamespod. Um, another thing you can get there coming up this weekend um, is going to be our July um, hot take where um, a few of us are going to go catch a movie in the theater and um, go live on Facebook right after we walk out of the theater to talk about um, kind of our first thoughts and kind of a review right there on the spot. Um, I was checking my calendar a minute ago. I have no idea what it's going to be yet. Um, hot take, eighth grade is great. Okay. See it. It might be, yeah. Um, it could be eighth grade. Um, it depends, obviously, on the release, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet, so uh, join and find out. Um, there's a couple others that are up there on the Patreon only. Um, you can go back and look at Quasi and my bad Infinity War predictions on the Black Panther hot take. Uh, you can look at Will and I right after we watched out of Infinity War. There's a handful of other ones, Tomb Raider, um, and yeah, hand, a bunch of stuff. Um, and then in addition to that, there's even more over on the Patreon, so be sure to um, go check it out um, if you enjoy the show and tell a friend. Um, other than that, if you had thoughts about Days and Confused, you thought you had wanted to take a side on pro or anti-hazing and thought we should know. Uh, Nobody you... at this table is pro-hazing. Let's <laughs> <make that> clear. <laughs> um, somebody out there might be. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> and uh, you, can, you can find us on social media at 24FlamesPod just about everywhere. Um, and other than that, um, uh, I'm pulling up my notes. I'm... My thumbprint scan's not working. Okay. Um, what, else, what else do I say at the end here? Oh, yeah. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, um, be sure to subscribe and go leave a rating and review so that more people can find the show. Um, and other than that, uh, that does it. We're going to kick off into our extended play here in a minute, folks. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, we will catch you all as the first month of season two keeps rolling. So uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. See you guys. Later. Yeah.